In this episode of Talk Retail to Me, Senior Director and Omnichannel Expert Rob Oglesby shares his insights into how big box retailers are handling in-store fulfillment of Omnichannel orders. Answering questions from a recent interview with media outlet Modern Retail, Rob outlines the implications, challenges, and risks as this capability becomes critical to many retailers' success. Thank you so much for hopping on a call with me. I am so excited to talk more about big box retail and store fulfillment methods. How would you describe the basic idea behind using stores as fulfillment centers? Kind of a a pretty complex question because there's a lot that goes into it. First and foremost, it's a way to get closer to the customer. So with stores being obviously around the corner from where customers live, being able to use the store as a fulfillment center reduces significantly the travel time to get from the location of the inventory to where the customer is, which also uh, reduces cost. The other point on using stores as fulfillment centers taps into inventory that might otherwise not be available. And by that, I mean inventory that could have gone obsolete, you know, would be in clearance and you've got the last bit of it that's still in, you know, in inventory somewhere. By using a store as a fulfillment center, you've expanded the reach of who can get to that product beyond the person who's just simply walking into the store. So if I've got something like the last item in the entire chain that's in one store and I present that online, uh, my customer base is essentially universal. Mm -hmm. um, And there's a lot of power to that. What is pushing this strategy to become really popular among box stores right now? Well, first off, the customer, especially coming out of COVID, has shifted their shopping habits where more customers are buying online and using the web for either you know pickup or wanting delivery as opposed to going into stores and shopping as a result you know the big box retailers have started to realize that you know they need to you know offer that and to be able to leverage proximity of the stores to where the customer is because obviously one thing you don't want to do is ship from a store going across the country. So that's not what they're after, but they are about you know, getting close to the customer and being able to offer same day or next day delivery to the customer without costing a greater amount of money to do so. Because again, you can use local delivery sources or your own fleet potentially to do so. What would you say are some of the major benefits of this strategy? So I think I've kind of alluded to them to a certain extent. A, it's customer service. So it's, again, being able to quickly fulfill a customer's order without incurring significantly larger costs. So rather than using next day air, for instance, to get something from a centralized distribution center, I can use local delivery services ground which costs a significant less amount of money to, to get the same service level to the customer um, without inducing a, a additional cost, either cost to myself or charges to the consumer. So the consumer doesn't uh, necessarily pay extra for it. Um, mm-hmm. The other piece is you know, being able to tap into inventory 
that's in stores that wouldn't necessarily still be in a distribution center. So having the ability to, to sell through more of the retailer's story at higher margin, full price is another key advantage to this. It seems like a lot of retailers have this strategy applied to some extent, but it's particularly popular among big box stores like Walmart and Ulta and the likes. Why is that? A big box store, if you think about a Walmart, because I, I work for Walmart and actually was, was with Walmart when they launched their initial pickup today process, which is essentially BOPUS as we know it today. And while I was there as well, there was initial launch for doing ship from store, but it was really isolated to larger stores that had enough space in them to be able to create a shipping area in the back of the store. Mm -hmm. And it was, again, the concept was the proximity to the customer uh, being able to, to what's called zone skipping and to, to be able to, to still satisfy a customer and to use capacity in that store to, to do so. Um, I think that, you know, if you fast forward to today, because this has been 10 plus years since I was there and did this, the draw now is, again, it's being able to leverage more of the inventory in the total network. So to be able to not just have distribution centers that are focused on direct to consumer, but to be able to leverage all this inventory that's, that's already in stores. And the way Walmarts are structured in particular, or, or these big box retailers are structured is now they've turned to, to resources uh, within the store. They're pretty much dedicated to filling online orders, whether it's buy online, pick up in store, you know, today type of thing, or it's a, a ship to. And both of those can be you know, tightly integrated with each other to basically move the product from the sales floor for the back room, depending on where the product is, into an area where it can be uh, quickly packaged and, and shipped out to the customer. You know, I haven't seen it in the back rooms recently, but I, I have to believe that what's happened is, is they've taken a portion of their back rooms and, and continue to extend them to be shipping centers, which is part of what you know the challenges were early on. So it gets into an operational design opportunity as well. With these stores essentially having like a dual identity as um, a store and also a fulfillment center, is that the same case with the employees as well? Are they becoming both um, warehouse workers and store associates? Well, early on, it was like that, especially if you go into stores today that are starting to do a lot more of this, you pretty much see people whose full-time job is online fulfillment. So it's definitely been a role shift or a role definition. Going back 10 plus years ago when you know I was involved in the implementation of Pickup Today at Walmart, it was somebody on duty to do the job on a mm -hmm. daily basis. So they, they were handed a handheld that had an alerting system on it. They, they knew what the process was and they would you know, get an order that pinged them and they would go out and pick the order and bring it back to the back room and stage it and do all the steps so that the customer knew that they could come pick up their, their item. Mm -hmm. Today, you know, the, the process has grown significantly. Well, the demand has grown substantially. And as a result, the retailers have had to to really focus more energy on labor in the stores to actually execute these activities. How can retailers save money through this type of fulfillment method? <laughs> well, 
therein lies part of the problem because obviously online fulfillment clearly costs more to the retailer. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. So again, what you'll notice is they're putting a lot of emphasis on optimization of, of what happens in the store. And again, if, if you walk some of these stores you, and you observe, you know, just as a consumer, uh, what you'll see is they've got specialized carts. They've got a process to, to be able to pick multiple orders at once. So they're, they're getting moved through the store in a, in a very organized fashion so that they're able to simultaneously fulfill six orders at a time, for instance. And there's lots of different ways to do this, but essentially that's that's applying you know warehouse technology or DC type technology to the store and, and providing the store associate with with the ability to at least get the job done as efficiently as possible. I think one of the biggest challenges that you know that retailers continue to face, however, is especially if you're doing a promise of you know, customer orders at 10 o'clock this morning with a pickup promise of two o'clock this afternoon, or maybe even sooner than that. The issue, of course, then becomes you've got to get out to the store and pick that as soon as possible. And that can be pretty disruptive to the consumer that's actually shopping the store. So that, that I, I think that's that's a challenge that retailers are facing. And I think that there's likely to be kind of continued shifts as this becomes more and more of a norm you know, in certain stores where they might actually start to take more of the product and put it in the back room so that you don't have this disruption or at least be able to leverage more of what's going on in the back room to potentially alleviate at least the disruption and to make things more efficient for the, for the pickers to pick. And what would you say are some of the risks or challenges of this type of strategy? Well, I don't know if I'd call it a risk. I, I think it's, again, the challenge is how do you keep two things happening? Number one, the consumer that's shopping the store happy and not feeling uh, stepped on, if you will. I think the other big risk too that I haven't really mentioned yet is it costs a certain amount of money to get product from the distribution center or through the supply chain all the way to a store. Mm -hmm. And then to turn around and grab that product that was in originally intended for the in-store shopper and ship it out of the store is, is somewhat of a risk because what you've done is you, you may be running the risk of going out of stock in an item that's going to have to be replenished into that store anyway. And I think those are some of the key things that, you know, that need to be taken into account when deciding to send an order to a specific store that's going to be shipped as opposed to going for pickup. Because obviously, if the item is going to be picked up at curbside or inside the store, then the consumer pretty much made a choice on where that inventory had to be, unless of course it's going to be shipped to the store, uh, you know, for pickup in three or four days or whatever it may be. But mm -hmm. for the product that's getting shipped out of the store, it's a fine line and a fine balance to say, I don't think I want to grab the last item that's in that store or get down to a critical minimum in that specific store if I can ship it from a different store. Mm -hmm. And that gets into the way the order management system brokers orders you know, so it's 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 up higher in the in the chain as opposed to actually the operations in the store itself to make really choice decisions around sourcing the product from the right store so that you keep that in stock balance for the consumer that's going to shop the store balanced with you know the need to fulfill and, and obviously take care of the customer that bought online. So in my mind, that, those are some of the the key things that I think a lot of retailers are still struggling with to a certain extent and and looking to 
uh, find better ways and more effective ways of making sure that uh, inventory is leveraged to the fullest extent. How do you see this trend impacting the retail industry? What would you say are some of the after effects? Yeah, the impact to the industry is, is that is the, this is here to stay. In my mind, the biggest thing that these retailers, especially the ones that started in brick and mortar mm -hmm. and you know have become very effective at online is it's a leverage point. I mean, if you've got a fleet of 4,000 stores or 15,000 stores or whatever it may be, you've already got a process to get inventory close to your customer. And to be able to then turn around and satisfy the customer's desire to shop however they want to shop, I don't think there's a choice, right? I think at this point in time, the, you know, <laughs> the bus has left the station or the train has left the station. And from that perspective, I just don't see, I don't see this as stopping. And frankly, the other piece too is, is that some people have strategies or some of the retailers have strategies for doing things like dark warehouses or turning a store that's not performing very well into a distribution center. And that's all well and good, but at the same time, you're now taking inventory and continuing to split it. And in my mind, this is allowing you to sort of have the best of both worlds where you're able to still satisfy a customer who's walking into a store that, that, that wants something right now or needs something right now whether it's a meal they're preparing for later on this evening or you know, a part that broke that they need a, a replacement or, or something to that effect that could have happened. The customer is looking for you know, their way to shop and retailers have to respond to that. That's a wrap for this episode of Talk Retail to Me. If you have questions related to today's topic, please visit our website at parkeravery.com to learn more and to contact us. Also, we'd love it if you shared Talk Retail to Me with any of your colleagues. It's streaming on all the major podcast platforms, and the videos are available on our YouTube channel. For more Parker Avery industry expertise and advice, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.